you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks, it's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Yes, you know it's officially thechrisvossshow.com because we hired an opera singer last week to do that part of the show that I've been doing for 15 years, and I'm just kind of tired of doing it, and I think she does it much better. Write me and let me know what you guys think. Uh, Maybe you'll miss the uh, horrible-sounding voice that I have. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just think it's funny, and you'll find it at the end of every show, too. We tag it on the end there. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll invite the opera singer to do more parts of the show. Maybe this whole maybe we should invite guests to come on, and they have to sing uh, in a operatic format, as I do, in asking the questions. And it's just like a giant opera. Uh, that or maybe it'll be like a ballet. Anyway, guys, well, thanks for coming by the show, the Chris Von Show family. The family loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mother-in-law. As always, help us out on the show. We beg you. We plead you. We guilt you. We shame you. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Go to Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and Chris Voss One on TikTok. For 15 years, we've bring you the billionest people on the planet, the billionaires, the CEOs, the Pulitzer Prize winners, the astronauts, the people who do White House advisories, and always you're going to learn great stories, great lessons in life, and expand your mind, and you're going to get what they call the Chris Voss Glow. Not everyone can have a Chris Voss glow. It's a special glow. And those who listen are the only ones who can experience the glow. (laughs) Tom Fox is a compliance evangelist, and he joins us today on the show. He's going to be talking to us about compliance, business, uh, regulatory stuff, all that sort of thing you need to know to keep yourself out of trouble, you know, because you don't want to get in the trouble. We've all seen that movie. Uh, Thomas R. Fox is the compliance evangelist. Uh, He is literally the guy who wrote the book on compliance with the international compliance bestseller, The Compliance Handbook, third edition, which was released by LexisNexis in May 2022. He's authored 25 other books on business leadership, compliance and ethics, and corporate governance, including the international bestsellers, uh, let's see, uh, lessons learned from compliance and ethics and best practices under the FCPA and Bribery Act, as well as his award-winning series, Fox on Compliance. He leads the social media discussion on compliance with his award-winning blog and his voice of compliance, having founded the award-winning compliance podcast network and hosting or producing multiple award-winning podcast. He's an executive leader at the C-Suite Network and the world's most trusted network of C-Suite leaders. And uh, he joins us on the show now to make sure that we're in compliance. Welcome to the show, Tom. How are you? Great, Chris. Thrilled to be here with you today. Thrilled to have you as well. Give us your .coms. Where do you want people to find you on the interwebs and stalk you? The Compliance Podcast Network.net. I'm on LinkedIn at Thomas R. Fox, and I have a second podcast network, the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network.com. Where do you get time for all these podcasts, Tom? Time, Tom, for all these podcasts? <laughs> I work 12 to 15 hours a day, six days a week. 
holy crap and i thought i was doing a lot at four shows a day that's that's pretty freaking amazing and how many uh podcasts do you have on the compliance podcast network so there's 65 total 50 of which are mine wow that is a lot of work going on i'm tired already i might have to go take a nap uh so tom uh give us a thirty thousand overview uh, in your words of everything you do and how you do it i mean not exactly you know down to detail of how you do it just the summary if you would <laughs> so from the compliance angle, uh, I've been in this space. Uh, I'm a lawyer by professional training for about 15 years. I've been a chief compliance officer. I've been a general counsel in 2010. I went out on my own and I wanted to be the nuts and bolts guy to help companies build compliance programs. The, um, I started blogging that led to podcasting and it led to finding a compliance podcast network. Uh, it blew up during the pandemic. And since that time mm. I've been, uh, pretty much full-time podcasting. There you go. Now you have a whole array of what looks like, I think coffee mugs on the shelves behind you. Is that correct? That's correct. Every time I start a new podcast, I commemorate it with a coffee mug. Ah, so these are all uh, your coffee mugs. There you go. Uh, so interesting. Uh, and you're, you may need to buy some more walls and shelf space there, the way you're going, if you keep it up at this pace. Um, so uh, tell us about what your journey is. How did you become a lawyer? How did you get into compliance? And uh, let's uh, also set a foundation for what we mean by compliance. What does compliance mean exactly in, in the terms of business that you use it for? Compliance is generally recognized as legal or regulatory compliance with a law or set of regulations. I started off in anti-bribery, anti-corruption. There's one U.S. law that prevents U.S. companies from engaging in bribery outside the United States called the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. So mm -hmm. I started off helping companies put compliance programs in place to comply with that law. Uh, that expanded out into anti-money laundering and export control and trade sanctions. But I'm primarily known as an anti-corruption uh, specialist. Ah, anti-corruption. The uh, so, do you work with large, you know, uh, Fortune five hundred companies, or just everybody down and in between? Uh, does everybody need to be worried about being in compliance these days? Anyone who does business internationally uh, has uh. to comply with this law. So, if you're a fifty million dollar or ten million dollar company, but you sell something overseas, you have to comply with the law. If you're Walmart world's largest uh, commercial retailer, uh, you have to comply with this law. So it's a wide variety of companies, generally those doing business outside the United States as well as inside the U.S. So compliance with federal laws, regulations, trade, I suppose, the FTC, things along those lines. And the Department of Justice. Ah, the Department of Justice. We've had some people from them on uh, and some, uh, some uh, they used to be attorneys that were and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, we've we've met those people and they're pretty cool. I see we've had some FBI people on things like that. Uh, so get, tell us uh, your journey. What, what made you interested in compliance? What got you interested in becoming an attorney and kind of specializing in this field? So I became an attorney very long time ago. I went to law school, came out. I was a trial lawyer for 25 years, so I'm a recovering trial lawyer. I left that, <laughs> went into the in-house world, and uh, started off uh, with a large energy company in Houston, where I lived for 40 years. Then I um, became a general counsel at another energy company. They violated that law. I referenced the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Oh. At that point, I learned about compliance, so this was 2007. Mm -hmm. The company got sold, and I uh, my job went away. 
So uh, I was uh, at that point 50, uh, and I decided what I really wanted to do with my life was race bicycles. So I went on this great adventure of bicycle racing, 20 and 40 Ks, until one Saturday uh, after Thanksgiving in 2009, I got taken out by a Hummer on a train Oh, ride. no. That ended my cycling career. Uh, and when I uh, got enough energy to get on my walker and toddle into my office at home after a few months of uh, rehabilitation, mm-hmm. I decided I really enjoyed building compliance programs inside corporations. So oh. I decided to be the nuts and bolts guy. And at that point, I knew nothing about social media. So I had my daughter set up a Facebook account, LinkedIn account, <laughs> started with Twitter, Uh I had no work. I had no clients. And the only thing I had on my hands was time. So I started exploring social media, started blogging. I'd written, always written a lot as a lawyer. So that led uh, to um, developing clients internationally, literally out of my house way before work from home. And uh, I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't go to a meeting. I couldn't go have a dinner. I couldn't go to a conference. So I learned how to do all of that literally out of your house and that's how it all started. And I grew from there. There you go. Yeah. The the podcasting just came naturally came out of blogging. I started podcasting in 2012. There you go. It's a, it's an interesting business. It's a lot of fun. And uh, a lot of people came out of uh, COVID uh, realigning their interests and finding what their flavor is and stuff like that. Now you've, you've recruited, a whole mess of people to uh, you've recruited a whole mess of people to uh, your podcast network. How does that work? So I founded the network in 2017 In 2019, I decided I had to either get serious about it or move it to hobby status. So I quit practicing law, quit practicing compliance, bought all the cool toys, built this huge network. And at the end of the year, I'd made about $10,000. And wow. I thought, well, that was an interesting experiment. Guess I have to go back to practicing law. So uh, I started doing that again in 2019 or 2020, and then that worked till they shut the country down in March. And then what happened was, it, literally on May 15th of that year, every product provider in my space called me with the same question, which was, "How long to get access to your network?" Because almost all marketing in the compliance world was done in person, trade shows, conferences breakfast roundtables, in-person events, et cetera. And mm-hmm. no one could do that. And by that time, I had the largest social media presence in compliance. And because of the work I'd done in 2019, where I made all of that $10,000, my answer was 24 hours. It was just simply a plug and play. Give me your stuff. I'll put it up. Mm-hmm. And that uh, my little world blew up. Um, and since that time, I've focused almost exclusively on podcasting, trying to consolidate the explosion of growth I had in 2020 and see where I can take my network. All right. So uh, you, you talk about compliance as a business generator. Uh, what does that mean? And evidently um, compliance can help make your business more efficient and more profitable. So if I'm a owner of a company out there uh, and I, I really haven't delved much into compliance, tell me how this whole thing becomes a better business generator and, and uh, more efficient, more profitable, please. Sure. Unfortunately, compliance is seen as generally Dr. No inhabiting the land of no, the business of, or the department of non-business. That view is incorrect in my opinion. Properly seen compliance is a business process. 
And if it's a business process, it can be managed, it can be studied, it can be monitored, and it can be improved. So I advocate that effective compliance equates to more efficient business processes. That leads to greater ROI and greater profitability. Mm -hmm. The controls every company has in place, literally every company, uh, are financial controls, largely. How do you manage your money? How do you manage your income? How do you manage your outgo? How do you manage every expense? Well, compliance is basically financial controls. And if you put robust financial controls in place, you're always going to have a better run company. And that means you're going to be more efficient. Compliance is not there. Or uh, The best ex- analogy I can give you is you don't have brakes on a car to go fa- uh, slow. You have brakes on a car so you can go fast. Well, the same with compliance. Compliance allows you to take on more risk because it manages that risk. And if you manage the risk, you can pivot, you can turn, you can accelerate in ways your uh, competitors cannot do so. There you go. 